Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's the day before the big race itself and the Pay the Bill Syndicate will make their way to Liverpool with hopes that Rare Edition can bounce back to form in the Grade 1 Novices Hurdle under champion jockey Brian Hughes. There's also the Topham Chase run over the Grand National Fences to look forward to as well. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews all of Friday's action at Aintree. So Bill Esdale's up at the track at Aintree already. We record this on Thursday as we look ahead to Friday's racing. So Bill, no racing that we've seen so far, but you're there at the track. How's it looking? What's the weather like up there? Yeah, it's 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 really windy. Uh, I thought it was blown away in the hotel last night. I mean, literally the, the windows were rattling. Uh, it blew the rain away. The rain didn't come in the volume that they all thought it was going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the, the, the weather is set fair for today. Now Thursday, by the feel of it, um, there is rain in the air, but I think it's not going to rain. Um, and we're looking at kind of good soft ground, so genuine kind of no excuses stuff. And no brave man's game on the Thursday. That bit of a shocker, isn't it? That was a, a late decision, which I guess we can talk about in time to come. What's the sort of the effect up there with the uh, the punters and the media about that? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because we're still waiting the details of of the reason why. It's obviously to do with the John Dance situation, the transfer of the ownership, but we'll have to find out mm-hmm. when when the BHA reveal more. But it's a shame for the race because it would have been great to see the Gold Cup form really tested and, and if horses that like conflated who finished behind Brave Man's game come and win this race on the Thursday, then you're in a situation where you think would he have finished in front of them. It's just a shame to have, have one missing, really. Indeed. We'll see what happens in the future. That's going to go on for a while, that story, obviously. Uh, we're going to have a look at Friday's racing. We start off with a 145 over three miles in the furlong. It's the, on the uh, Marmay, the novice chase, a grade one. Just the six, but Jerry Colomb, who's uh, done everything right so far, apart from not quite beating the real whacker at Cheltenham, uh, the festival, is back again. I know there were ground concerns when he ran at Sandown, that time, but that didn't seem to worry him. He ran on the soft to Cheltenham and just got beat, and is uh, an exciting horse to look forward to. Yeah, he is an exciting horse, and, and this looks to be perfect for him. I mean, the return to a more kind of conventional flat track should be ideal. Um, he was always a bit on the back foot uh, at Cheltenham uh, in, in, in that in that three mile contest, and I don't know. I just I, I just felt that the track was against him, and I think the return to to a flat track there's enough juice in the ground for him um this would be great for um david russell because obviously it's the grade one win that he's searching for um before he heads off into the sunset and this looks like this fella should be perfect for it um the obvious danger to him looks to be bron who finished just behind him in in the um four or five lengths behind him in the town advisory um at cheltenham and there's no real reason to feel that Bron should reverse that form. Uh, the race that's decent now, Iron Maximus won the Irish National, who was um, um, finished in, in, in fourth um, that day. So the form's been boosted. And yeah, I can't really see, see beyond him. I mean, there's some fresher horses uh, who didn't go to Cheltenham here. Um, but, you know, Galia Latobe will want the rain, and she finished behind, even further behind um, Bron and Joe Colomb. Complete unknown, won really well. But, uh, you know, at Sandown after the weekend after the festival, and is a fast, um, fast progress. Sorry, Sandown Kempton. 
uh, it's a fast progressive um, two and a half mile horse who, who you know was finished second to Gala Matho and but I'd be surprised if, if he can take the step up in level and I, and I, and I think Jerry Colombo will win, win the Open I think he's a, he's a good thing Great stuff that's the opening race and on Friday at 2.20 at Aintree two and a half miles handicap hurdle there's 22 so a big race to try and find the winner they're going to be Five six to one the field and JP McManus seems to have a pretty good hand here. He's got Cam Plond in there for Philip Hobbs and he's also got no ordinary Joe going in there for Nicky Henderson. They would have good chances. The Irish bring over Buddy One. Harry Derham's got Diagianini in the field as well. And Harry's done so well in his first season as a trainer and he's been placing his horses very well. But this looks very competitive. Yeah. It, it, it... It definitely does look look competitive, and, and the obvious starting point is Compron, um, who was third to Langer Dan off one three eight. Um, but he, if Aidan Coleman had had his time again, he oh, definitely right. um, he would ride him differently and not have committed kind of two out in the in the Coral Cup like he did. And look, the ground is is a few pounds higher, it's five pounds higher, so life's just a bit bit tougher. No ordinary Joe, the other JP horse you mentioned was. Um, uh, just a bit unlucky at Cheltenham was it in the Martin Pike was a good second. Um, he feels like a well handicapped horse, even though he's gone up four pounds from that second. He still feels ahead of his mark. So those two will be towards the top of top of the market. I thought this was really hard. I thought you could make a case out for loads of them. Um, I was going to have a, a a small each way, but on good risk at all. Um, Sam Thomas's horse who travels brilliantly off a strong pace, which you'll get here. Um, the seventh to Langer Dan in that Coral Cup, um, off a two pound higher. He's actually been dropped two pounds. He's off to back to one four one. But I feel with him, the return to a more kind of conventional track will help. And um, the, the slight drop in trip, I think, will help too. I think two miles four is perfect for him. And I thought around twelve to one in a fiendishly difficult race, just a small each way on him was the way I wanted to play it. The race you won't be watching yourself is the Poundland top novices hurdle the grade one at 255 two miles half a furlong for the 14 youngsters in this one founder 50 looks pretty popular Gordon Elliott and Davy Russell another chance for Davy to go out in a grade one victory Lucia goes for Nicky Henderson in the pocket it's going to be popular for Henry de Bromhead the list goes on and on Tamuros who was disappointing at Cheltenham is in the race as well Rubo is in the race for Paul Nichols, who uh, was disappointing at Newbury, but came back good at Kempton to win the Dovecot. And, of course, rare edition goes for Charlie Longston. Brian Hughes, champion jockey on board for your pay-the-bills syndicate. Bill, how are you feeling ahead of this race? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have another spin at a grade one. Um, we were well, I mean, our end because we did have him in the handicap at the end of the card. And... Cheltenham just didn't go according to plan. Um, we kind of got very upset in the prelims and he was a bit too keen early on and went from the front, which wasn't ideal. We didn't really get any cover, give him a chance to settle. They didn't go a mad pace, but he was almost kind of over racing, high definition. A pair of them were kind of taking it in turns for the lead in between different hurdles and you kind of had a, had a situation where for a circuit they were kind of taking each other on and dueling a bit, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but he 
he didn't really have a hard race. Sam pulled him up before um, his, you know, before his, well, well, when his chances had gone. And he's come out with a full MOT. He's absolutely fine. His work's been really good at home. And look, we thought, look, let's have one more roll of the dice at, uh, at grade one level. You only live once. You've got to roll the dice and run him in a race like this. He's on a more conventional track. The flat track should suit him. Um, the bit of slight ease in the ground is perfect. Um, but Brian Hughes rides. You know, Sam's done a great job on him, but Brian rode him originally. And, you know, it was, it was only you know, when we were racing down south, Sam would ride him because Brian couldn't come down to the north. But now we're back up north. It's a perfect opportunity for Brian yeah. to ride, ride him again. There's definitely nothing against Sam because um, it was originally Brian's ride. And look, we take our chance. It's a red-hot race. You can make a case out for so many of these founder 50s, a horse of the daily rides for Gordon is, is really good and smart. And we know Lucia's miles better than she showed. And the, the ground trying now, uh, with a, she'll get seven pounds as well. She's going to she's gonna be a player. And in the pocket, I thought in the pocket might run in the two-and-a-half race on Saturday. He runs here um, for the Rockhead team. He's, he's smart. You know, he wouldn't want the ground to dry out too much, I think. You want to test the speed, but look, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're a real solid, small each way bet. You know, William Hill, who are obviously sponsors here this week, they are, um, they're four places and they're twenty-five to one, our lad, um, four places, and I think that's, I think you can have worse each way bets this week. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can see the real rare edition and he can compete at this level. And if, if he's not good enough, he's not good enough, and we'll dust ourselves down and and rethink and go chasing with him next year but you know this is this is what dreams are made of and just hope he can he can run well absolutely and i think you know i know it's a tough race there's a lot of good horses but he's he, he's been unlucky in a couple of his recent ones 25 is a massive price for an each way bet i think that's a a cracking bet if anybody's got an extra couple of quid spare just 25 to one each way uh for rare edition in that race the 255 good luck to you bill and all the connections and the pay-the-bill syndicate. It'll be fun to watch, that's for sure. At 3.30, it's two and a half miles. It's the Marsh Chase, uh, named as the Melling Chase, another grade one, seven runners, and the favourite is back. He seems to love this race. He seems to love the track, and he keeps winning it. Fakir Dudari is the horse for JP and Joseph O'Brien with Mark Walsh in the saddle. He, he loves it round here and he's done so well around here he also ran pretty well at ascot um back in february as well when winning there and he's going to be back again this year taking him on we've got pick dory who finished behind shiskin also at ascot for paul nichols and the johnny de la Haye colors we've got hitman who always seems to run his race finally got his victory up in uh Haydock in November when he won the graduation chase there. French Dynamite Fugitives in there as well with others, Miller's Bank, etc. But uh, horses for courses, Bill, and time of year, this is where Fakir Dudali comes into his own. Yeah, it, it normally is the race he comes into his own and he's, um, but this is a, a, a trappy contest because I don't think he's in the form that he was in 12 months ago. Um, you mentioned the third at Ascot. I don't know. It wasn't the real Fakir Dudari. The market suggests it wasn't the real him. Um, the fact they're trying pieces on him for the first time suggests they're trying to reignite something within him, and that's the only niggling worry I have with him. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. He's got bits and pieces of form this season that are still rock solid. I mean, he, he, he beat French Dynamite pretty easily at um, Thurley's two starts back. Um, and, you know, that you know, return to that form will put him right 
right in amongst these and makes him a worthy favourite. But I thought he was a little bit disappointing behind um, Shisky and not Ascot last time. Um, the obvious one against him would be Pictori. Um, it obviously was no match uh, last time at Ascot behind Shiskin um, over two miles five. But I think that's the, the kind of upper level of his stamina limitations, that two miles five. And whether he quite sees it out, I'm not so sure. Um, I expect to see a different Pictori here. Um, and look, I think he's, he missed Cheltenham when he came here for this. Um, I'd rather be with Pictori of the two. I think he's... Um, progressive. I think he is, uh, you know, a smart. He, he roughed his lines here last season, but you know, I forgive him that. He's looked at a, a different proposition beating when he slammed Miller's Bank uh, back in December and then beat Clondor Castle at, at Kempton. I think he's a smart horse on ratings. He's, you know, he's he's, he's rated one six two. Uh, you know, he's gonna he's only got a pound to find on official ratings. With Faculty Derry, and I think I think he's he's probably the one. I can see French Dynamite running well. I've just got a feeling that um, you know on on pure form, you know he's got six pounds worse off with Faculty Derry, and he's got quite nearly five lengths to make up on him. So that would look an impossible task. But the more he drifts, yeah, right. If he goes to twelve, fourteen to one, he could easily hit the frame with these guys. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to go pick Dory, but I can see French Dynamite going well. We race over the Grand National fences. At 4.05 is, of course, the Topham Chase, a maximum field due to line up of 30 runners in this race. Bill, how's your thoughts? So the Grand National Fences, 30-runner field, 8-1 to one the pop. The favourite's going to be possibly Jess Gill, could be Ashdown Land, could even be Final Orders. We've got Al Dancer in there as well. Il Rodotto goes for the Nichols Yard Borough Saint in the Rich Richie Colours. They're all here, all the names that we know, but they're going over the national fences. What a race to watch. You know, 30 runners coming down to Beaches Brook first time around. Absolutely brilliant. In fact, the only time around they jump in in this particular race. It's a brilliant race, isn't it? Yeah, it is a great race. And and you've got plenty of horses here with experience over these fences, like Ashdown Lad, obviously won the Beacher Chase. Um, He'd be on many a shortlist, but this is two miles five. It ain't three miles two, and... Whether he's got the gears to win a race like this, I'm not so sure. He's he's towards the top of the market as his guest gear. He's obviously got form over the fences. You've got final orders from Gavin Cromwell, who's rattled up a sequence of of wins. Our dancer who's won over these fences before. Um, you've got a whole host of Willie Mullins horses, led by Hotong Kalor, who's obviously got the class, but he's got 12 stone to lumber around. Burrow Saint, who's got form around the national fences, and he's really interesting. Uh, Patrick Mullins will ride him. Um, he was around 16 to 1 a few days ago. He was going to be on my shortlist, but he's as short as nines already. And that's just a bit bit skinny. Um, look, it's a wide open contest. You can make a case out for about half a dozen at least. Um, I'm going to go with bigger price horses because it just tends to be the way um, I'd like to play races like this, particularly as there's firms, you know, Sky Bet, Betway offering seven places. Um, most of the other firms offering six places. You get some big prices. Um, uh, sorry, some great, great place terms. So it's worth playing those at bigger prices just for a bit of value. I'm going to pick out two uh, to play at big prices. The first is the machine, around 33 to one with, with Coral six places and, and Hills, um, 33 to one. The machine uh, is a horse that's got plenty of classy back form, particularly as a novice. He was second in a Reynolds down at Ascot. Um, won't mind the cut in the ground. Travel well in the Skybet Chase at Donkers the last time over three miles. He didn't quite get home. I think this trip will be perfect for him. Two miles five. You never know whether the national fences will bring out the best or the worst in a horse, but it might just suit him. 
Um, we've got a lovely racing eight weight in 10.8. Kerry Lee has targeted this race. I just think 33s is too big a price. Um, look, he's got a fair bit to find with some of the best of these. But if he warms to the task, I think Demachine at 33s can go really well. And the other horse I like here is um, Harry Fry's horse, Phoenix Way. Doesn't quite see out three miles. Uh, very at home in Ascot, but his handicap mark has, has dropped and dropped and dropped. He runs here off 138, I believe, which is a couple of pounds below when he won at Ascot last season. Um, Kevin Brogan gets on with him really well. I just think they can tip away in a race like this, sneak into it. Um, look, again, you don't know whether he's going to enjoy it, but he's got pieces on for the first time. It'll help him concentrate. His tongue tied down as usual. I think Phoenix Way, who's been in decent, decent enough form without winning, his handicap marks, as I said, has come right, right down. I think he can run really well around 18 or 20 to 1. Great stuff. The top and on Friday, 4.05 at Aintree. One more race for us to look forward to for the Friday afternoon. It's the 4.40. It is the, the Sefton Novices Hurdle, another grade one. Three miles and half a furlong here for a good 16 of them going to post. And stay away, Faye. What a battling performance that was when he came out to win the Albert Barlett for... Chris Giles and Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden. Terrific racing. That's what jumps racing was all about. His performance was great. And he's back again here at Aintree on Friday. Uh, Absolute Notions comes over for Gordon Elliott. Dave's got another chance of a grade one. It's not over till it's over there, is it? Irocco is in the mix as well, having also won at Cheltenham. He won the Martin Pipe. And Mark Walsh is on board for JP McManus. Maximilian, Grey Dawning, Apple Away. Blenkinsop and St. Davy also go, but uh, there was nothing to dislike about Stay Away Faye. What a performance that was at Cheltenham, Bill. No, seriously good performance from Stay Away Faye. And this is one of those difficult races. Um, the Sefton is always a race where you get horses that come here from Cheltenham and often disappoint. Now we've had, we've got four weeks between Cheltenham and Atrium. We've had four weeks between Cheltenham and Atrium, which is that extra week which gives horses time to supposedly recover from those exertions. Some cope, some don't cope. And that's one of the challenges you have here. Now, listen, if it's six, seven, eight weeks, you'd be very keen on Stay Away Faye. You'd be very, you obviously won the Alba Bartlett really well. Hiroku, who won the Martin Pipe, these are, these are horses that bring strong Cheltenham form to the mix. It's just whether they can turn round uh, and reproduce that form four weeks later. Now, in Stay Away Faye's case, that was a classy bit of form, but it was a hard brutal race I'm going to use the expression brutal because the Albert Bartlett is a brutal race it's just whether you can back up so quick uh, the same with Shiruku he won that Martin Pike had to do it the hard way look can he back it up I'm sure they can but you're looking at horses that you know stay away phase are short as 5 to 2 and Iroku's you know as short as 5 so they're skinny and they both went to Cheltenham I would tend to probably in this race because you can get some funny results or horses that run well at a big price I'd rather go with horses that are coming here fresh who didn't go to Cheltenham. Um, the pick of those is probably Maximilian um, uh, for Don McCain and Brian Hughes. Uh, second run back from a wind up. Now, the last time we saw him was back at Doncaster when he beat Stairway Faye in the River Don. Now, that form that's really rock solid now. He's, he's had all the, the, the break that he needs. He didn't go to Cheltenham. So, Maximilian just looks overpriced at around kind of best by six to one with William Hill. I think he's the kind of top of the shortlist just because he hasn't had that that run. And then I'm going to have a each way saver, particularly as lots of firms like Skybet are offering five places. Uh, everyone else seems to be offering four, like William Hill and and Star Sports, etc. They're all offering four places. Um, but I'm tempted to to have a crack at Blackensop 
sixteens for Henry Daly. Now, this was a horse that has rapidly improved all season, and um, we were on him at, at Newbury when he won back in on, on New Year's Day, and we had some. I think it was a couple of times we've been with him this season. Um, he's rattled up four wins, but continued to improve, improve, improve. Looks to be crying out for a step up to three miles. Look, he's stepping up to three miles and out of handicap company. So this won't be easy. But at 16s, you're getting a fair bit of value and I can see him running well. So I'll tackle it with two. I'll go Maximilian and I'll go Bleckensop each way. Just before I go, as the music starts up here in the press room, I'm doing this one to music. Um, the last race of the day, the ITV cameras are off air, but it's the conditional jockeys race. This was the race I said that we were going to look, we were looking at for um, rare edition. Charlie runs Paramount, who is a horse that's kind of, mirrored um, the progress with Rare Edition as, as the kind of leading novices in that yard. He was really impressive uh, during Cheltenham week when he won last time in a handicap. Um, they've been building together for Aintree. They worked together really well on Monday and Tuesday of this week. Um, he was very impressive at Fakenham. He's a horse going the right way. He's definitely well handicapped off one, three, four. Um, wouldn't want too much rain, but if it continues to dry out and the wind continues to blow, Bradley Roberts, brilliant jockey, takes seven pounds off. Um, he's around 10 to 1 Paramount in the finale as you can see him going really well so you can definitely have worse bets on the day that Paramount each way in the 5.15 particularly if Rare Editions run okay hopefully it'll be a Longston double Rare Edition and Paramount Thanks Bill good luck with those selections and of course good luck with Rare Edition on Friday at Aintree that's all from us for today we'll be back again on Friday with our regular episode as we look forward to the big race itself it's the Grand National this weekend on Saturday, of course, up at Aintree. We'll hear from a couple of trainers ahead of that big, big race and see how they make it. I've got Sam Thomas and Tim Vaughan joining us to have a little chat about their runners in the Grand National. So make sure you join us for episode 196. That's coming up on Friday, as usual. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Plus, Wally Pyra's on the Friday episode as well as we look forward to the racing in Hong Kong. We'll see you then. <laughs>